Blog Talk Radio. I am the one and only Q-Man, and usually, along with my partner T-Mitch, we deliver to you 60 minutes of neo-soulgasm. But tonight, T-Mitch had a mani-pedi appointment that ran a little long, so he is not here. So in his stead, so in his stead is the one and only Sister Sweet. You are What's so up? wrong for that. You are so what wrong happened? for that. You are what so happened? wrong for that. He had car trouble. I'm here. Now, it's nothing wrong with him having a many pet. It's nothing wrong with him having a many pet appointment at all. I'm just saying that. Who Don't said there's something wrong with it? You, the tone of your voice. You know it's not the case. He's just put it out there. <laughs> He's so wrong. I have no problem with that. You have no problem with it when it's the truth. (laughs) (laughs) You know it's not the truth. So how are you doing this evening? I am good. He's had car trouble. I've had car trouble. You've had car trouble. Maybe, you know, that's the curse of the Neo Soul Show. I don't know. I had car trouble also. So I understand how it is. So as you guys can see, we already kind of fumbled a little bit because where was my X to the L intro just now, Sister Sweet? What happened? I don't know. That's what um, teammates put on. I'm like, I'm, I'm waiting for the song to start. You know, you hear the young lady singing, and I'm like, what happened to it? And it just <laughs> didn't happen. It just never happened. It just, it just never happened. So we can, that's a, that's teammates. I don't know what he did, but he did that. So I didn't have anything to do with that. Well, the good thing and the fun thing about teammates is that when he comes on, he'll blame us. And he'll have that, he'll have that stark, militant way of saying that we did it, you know. I know. That's what he did. We didn't do it. He did it because I set the show up. And there was no, I'm like, I'm waiting for the lady to sing, and there's no singing going on. Well, we have a great show tonight. We're going to have the one and only Chancellor Soul, Mike Boone, on. He's going to tell us about Roberta Flack. So we're looking forward to that. What's going on in the world, Sister Sweet? See, this is what I was worried about, because you guys want me to talk about the NDA, right? So what I heard... About this weekend. No, 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 no. Let me let me do my stuff. <laughs> From Facebook, mm-hmm. I figured out that the whole what's that this weekend? The whole um, 
you know, the jumping when you hit the basket thing happens. Oh my God. What's that called? Dunking. Um. Concept. Okay. Was well, not very much fun. Am, am I correct about that? Or was that last week? Yes. Yes, you are. I, I think you're talking about the dunk contest. Yeah. I heard that it, it wasn't, wasn't very much fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was this other NBA thing that happened. I think it was like an all-star game that wasn't much fun either. She's so cute that when right? she tries. <laughs> <laughs> I get all my news from Facebook. I'm sorry. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that. And listen, there's plenty going on in the world that's not sports-related. Okay. Yeah, you know, the whole, um, you know, the whole Don thing with the, um, the shooting the poor guys in the car and him not getting convicted for murder. Mm-hmm. going on, you know, that was just crazy to me. Um, I yes. about that. I don't think I'm too familiar with this one. Well, you know, this guy, this guy shot four guys in a car, unarmed guys mm-hmm. in a car, and he um, um, killed one guy. And um, he shot them because they were playing their music too loud. I guess it was rap music. He didn't like it. He went home, had a pizza, never called 911 or whatever. So, um, you know, that trial happened last week, and the verdict came in, I think it was the end of last week, and he got three counts of attempted murder, but they did not convict him. Of, they had a mistrial on the murder charge of the guy he actually killed. And this was a white guy who killed, who uh, tried it for black guys, sitting in the car, wow. not messing with him. So, that's been big wow. on the internet lately. Yeah. That's crazy. So, that's crazy, but, you know, life is becoming crazy. Mm-hmm. Any good news? Talk, you know, I can talk, well, you know what, I, I can't talk good news right now, but I can talk about... The fact that I'm glad I'm not in the Winter Olympics right now because I've heard some <laughs> crazy stories about the accommodations over there. <laughs> and surely you've heard about those accommodations that they've had. I have. That's crazy. I hear it's I not mean, the like, best place to be. No, I'm like, oh my God, this is Winter Olympics. I'm glad I missed. I missed all of them, of course, but. This is the one that I'm really glad I missed. Yeah. Russia. You know, and I would have thought Russia would be a lot more hospitable than they're being. Yeah. Mm. But it's just been right. like, I'm like, how did they get the Olympics anyway? <laughs> <laughs> but well, I hear there's a lot of hooking up. I heard oh, there's I a lot of hooking up going on. Mm-hmm. I haven't that part yet. Hooking up with who the, the um, Olympic players or, you know, no, the people pre- in the country just and... doing a lot of hooking up. <laughs> but yeah, we, we, I'm sorry. Heck, we, 
We do a lot of hooking up this country. <laughs> <laughs> we do a lot of hooking up in this country, too, so I can't say anything about that. What else is going on? What else is going on? What else have I heard about? I don't know. I haven't really been online lately. No? No, I've just been kind of trying to do a lot of work and book guests and stuff, and I really haven't been on Facebook is where I get all my news from, from Facebook. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. I don't watch the news. Uh, Oh, there's one thing. You know Dutch Joe Brown? Mm Mm-hmm. You know him? You know, the guy that... Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's running for the Shelby County District Attorney's Office, which is my town. Really? Yeah. You know, the last thing I saw about Judge Joe Brown was that he, um, the last thing I heard about Judge Joe Brown, I saw a video of him being very drunk in Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a video of him being very drunk in Las Vegas. Wow. But yeah, you know, he's from Memphis, actually. He's actually a judge here in Memphis before he, you know, went off and did his show. Oh, I didn't know but that. But he came back, yeah, he came back yesterday and put in his um, petition to be, um, to run a Democratic um, primary for district attorney. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so Judge Joe Brown is back. I think they, they, they canceled his show last year. You know what I wanted to ask you about? What? I saw it on the news. They were talking about this museum in Memphis. And it had a lot of information on Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. And it was like... There's... I'm never thinking the name of it, but... You know, it was like dedicated to Martin Luther King Jr. Have you, you heard know, of this? You know, he was shot here. Oh yeah, the Lorraine Hotel. Um, right. It's called the National the, the National Civil Rights Museum, mm-hmm. and it's actually where um, he was actually killed at the Lorraine mm-hmm. Hotel in downtown Memphis. Mm-hmm. And I think they're trying to like change the name or something to like. I don't know, International Museum or something, but yeah, I've been there. I actually did my um, some of my master's work. I did um, some work down there um, because they've expanded it or whatever, but yeah, that's, if you ever get to Memphis, you've got to go there because mm-hmm. it is totally a sobering experience seeing, you know, where he spent his last days, where he was shot, mm-hmm. um, you know, all that. It is very, it's a very sobering experience. Yeah. Yeah, it looked really interesting when they were talking about it on the news. Yeah, I mean, it was on the news recently, and I think it's because they were talking about changing the name from the Lorraine Motel, you know, um, museum to something else. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't want to focus on his death, they wanted to focus on his life. And um, I've been there a couple of times, and I'll, honestly, I can never find my way around downtown Memphis, and it's not because it's big. It's just because it's confusing. 
<laughs> downtown Memphis, it's not big. I'm like, I just can't ever find my way back down there. But, um, yeah, that's that's been going on for a while. Yeah. You need, you need to get to Memphis. There's a lot of stuff down here. You can come and see Elvis, Elvis's place. Really? You know you want to go see, and I've never been. <laughs> but, you know, if you come to Memphis, I will take you to the Elvis Mansion. Really? I will. I don't have to I'll wear one of those outfits, do I? No, you don't. I will. I'll wear one but, of those fifties outfits, though, you know, before Elvis was fat outfit. I'll wear one of But those. now, is it true that he didn't like black people? I don't know if he didn't like black people or not, and I, I, and that's why I don't even, like, go there, because that's just a rumor to me. Mm-hmm. He had, I mean, he he bought, you know, his black um, housekeeper or cook or something, Cadillac, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, at this time, I just kind of hold, because you don't know. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I, fact, I think Elvis was black, personally. I think what? He was, he had too much <laughs> Why do you think that? I'm going online and say that. I'm just saying. I'm like, he had too much swivel in his hips to be white. Wow. But, um. He, no, I'm saying he. No, but here's a black in him. That's what I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Wow. That's an interesting theory. <laughs> <laughs> my my little brother used to be crazy about Elvis. I was always talk about him because he was crazy about Elvis. He he won't admit it right now, but he had all of Elvis's albums and stuff, and um, Elvis had some great music. You know, but he wasn't no Marvin Gaye. Of course not. Or anything like that. But yeah, he, you know, Elvis, Elvis was Memphis. He wasn't like um. That I met something that he wasn't like a hillbilly or anything like that. I mean, he was um, a musician. Um. And I think I, I don't think he didn't like black people. I really don't think that. That's just my mm-hmm. opinion. Well, unfortunately, we'll never know. We will never know. <laughs> unfortunately. So, what about Leo worldwide? Anything interesting? Uh, we have some great, um, next week we're going to have a guest on who's called Faith Hope. Like, what kind mm-hmm. that is the best name you can ever come up with, you know, Faith Hope. <laughs> Faith Hope. And <laughs> she's going to be our guest next week. And, um, you know, so I, you get, uh, I think this was a couple of weeks ago, the Super Bowl, you get a chance mm-hmm. to see the um, halftime. Mm-hmm. With um, Bruno Mars. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Did you, did you, did you enjoy that? Yeah, it wasn't bad, I guess. And the only okay. reason I'm bringing it up is because um, the only reason I'm bringing it up is because there was a Memphis, Memphian on the saxophone. No, it wasn't the saxophone. 
it was the mm-hmm. trombone. Uh, Reverend Wayland's son was on the trombone. And it's really funny because Reverend Wayland's other son plays the saxophone for Maxwell. Mm-hmm. So Memphis has a lot of great musicians coming out. And actually out of one school called Overton High School, has some great musicians coming out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, our buddy. I think. I think he's here. Yes. I think he's here. I think. I think our guy is here. Do you want to do the honors? Or do you want me to? You can. You can do the honors. I can do the honors. Man. Great. You can do the honors. Here. You know because teammates would not let you do the honors. I'm letting you do no, the honors. No, he let me do that. that. Well, he's I in know. control. I'm guy. letting you do the honors. <laughs> he's a control guy. So, you know, he's not going to let you do anything because he's a control guy. So, with that said, <laughs> let's bring on the Chancellor's soul, Mike Boone. Do we have you, Booney? I'm here, alive and well. Hey. <laughs> hey. How are you? How's everybody tonight? Hey, we're all right. I was letting the people know earlier, T. Mitch had a Manny Petty appointment that ran over. So mm. Stop saying that. Stop saying that. You're lying. You're lying. So oh. don't say that. Okay, it was just a Petty. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's car trouble. I don't know why he keeps saying that. But it's oh, uh, I thought it was car trouble at the Manny Petty place. I don't... Oh, I don't, that's what... Um, no, that might be true. So I'm not going to say anything about that. <laughs> How's everything going, Boney? Everything is good. Can't complain. You know? Good. Can't complain. Can't complain. Well, we are very excited because I you always you. manage to wow us. Mm. You do. And I'm so glad you're doing a Roberta Fleck. That's one of my favorite artists. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That She's one of a kind. What could you say about her? You know, um... I've always wanted to do her, you know, as far as like, you know, the history, music, everything, because she's, you know, she's a extraordinary artist, you know, very gifted, extraordinary artist. So, you know, I figured that the Wednesday Rewind would be, you know, we should do her. We should honor her. And her birthday just passed. That's right. That's right. <laughs> a couple of weeks, about a week ago, actually, yeah. on, on the 10th. Yeah. God bless her. She's well. I don't. She want anybody to tell her age <laughs> or anything. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, you know, she's up there. You know. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. She just celebrated her birthday. So if she's listening. Happy, happy belated birthday, Roberta. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where to start because now she is. She is somebody that I am somewhat familiar with. Mm-hmm. So. It's exciting to say the least, but um, I mean, I, I don't even know where you want to begin. Well, I mean, it's 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 just you know her education. First of all, uh, she started. You know, she was like a extraordinary piano player. She was like sort of a gifted child. You know, um, you know, she started playing piano at the age of nine, and she and as a matter of fact. She, you know, kind of excelled in the piano, in classical. So they enrolled her at 15 at Howard University, and she was the youngest to be enrolled. 
Mm. And she graduated at 19, you know, with a music scholarship. So, I mean, it was, she was amazing, you know, totally amazing. And, um, that, and the rest is, the rest is history, you know, she, um, what can I tell you? I mean, you know, she, she taught school in DC and, um, you know, she started playing basically these little clubs and everything. Uh, Travoli Club in, in, in Washington, that's where she really got her start. And sort of discovered by Les McCann, he was a jazz musician. And that brought her to Atlantic Records in late 68 and 69. And she recorded her first album called First Take, which is a masterpiece album. But, well... You know, um, there's a story behind the album and one of the songs on there that made her a star. Mm -hmm. And I guess if you play that, I can get into the history of that. You know, if you play the music, then I can just tell you the history of that. Okay. What song was that? I'm sorry? I'm sorry, what song was that? Well, uh, the one that made her international was the first time I ever saw your face. And um, what I well I, I could tell you a little bit about that you know but I want to get into the other surprise once you play it. Um, it was written by Pete Seeger's um, wife's husband that was dedicated to his <laughs> sister. Pete Seeger was a folk singer. If anybody doesn't know, he just passed away actually uh, about right. a few weeks ago. And yeah, um, yeah his, his his sister was had an affair with the songwriter, Ewan McCall. And the first time that song was recorded, it was a folk song in 1959. It was recorded by the Kingston Trio. And uh, mm-hmm. it's a completely different version from what uh, Roberta did. You know, they made it into a folk song. You know what I mean? So it's kind of it's, it's odd to really, if you really want to take a listen at it, uh, listen to it and, and, um, and on YouTube. And, um, yeah, it was on their 62 album called New Frontier. And the Kingston Trio was like the number one folk group in the late yeah. 50s. You know, they they did Tom Dooley, uh, it was a cha-cha, you know, and um, they were, like, known worldwide. This is before Bob, you know, um, um, Bob Dylan came in <clears throat> and Joan Baez and all of them. So the Kingston Trio was, like, the number one folk group. And they, they were the first to record that song in 1959. And fast forward to 10 years later. Right I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's take a listen to it now. Let's listen to it. So okay. we're going to the first time. I'm going to rest on your face.
That's a classic. Yes, it is. That was one of the prettiest songs I think I've ever listened to. You know, and it is a pretty song. Beautiful, and great song. Yes, yes. Yeah, he, um, her arrangements was totally different from the Kingston Trio and the Chad Mitchell Three and all the other folk singers that sang that song. You know, she brought more like life to it, jazz. You know, mellow. Moody, you know. I'm gonna have uh, to go out there and listen to those other other versions. Cause I didn't know there were other versions. I thought that was it was all her, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was originally a folk I'm song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was just a dedication to, you know, um, like I said, uh, Ewan McCall was a, the writer, and um, you know, it, well, the story went that he was so in love with his wife that he penned the song for her and then there's another story there's another version of the story where Pete Seeger's sister asked him to write a song for a play that she was featured in you know and he wrote it and you know they talked on the phone and you know and and she you know learned it and so then it was passed on to the Kingston Tree on, on their New Frontier LP so you know but nonetheless even McCall did not like any of the cover versions of his songs. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. You know, I didn't hear too much about him uh, re- reference over to Roberta, but he's crazy because uh, I mean I don't mean to say it so you know abruptly, but you know mm-hmm. Roberta's the one that's the most famous version of any of the uh, the cover songs of that particular song. So yeah, you know, I've never ever heard another version. Right. Exactly. And um, this is the song now, I'll tell you, we would have never heard this song if it wasn't for a certain gentleman that brought this song to prominence. And his name is Clint Eastwood. What? Clint Eastwood? Clint Eastwood. If it wasn't for him, this song would have never gotten noticed. He was directing the film back in 1971, 72, called Play Misty for Me. It was the first thriller, you know, that featured Obsession. He was a disc jockey in San Francisco, and it was this caller that come that kept coming in and saying, "Play Misty for me," the song Misty, uh, the Johnny Mathis 1959 cut. And so, of course, he had a girlfriend in the movie, and Clint wanted a love song in this particular scene, a love scene by the waterfall. So he was a big fan, you know, of jazz. Clint is a big jazz fanatic. He loves, loves jazz. He even did a sh- uh, thing on jazz on PBS. And um, 
he had called Roberta because he had the first take album. And he heard that song on there. He said, you know, he asked permission to use it in the movie. And he paid $2,000, you know, for the clearance. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, it was in the movie, and it was a public outcry for it. Where can I get that song? Now, mind you, first take, her first album came out in 1969. It took three years for that particular song to become a hit, an international hit. That made her an international star. And Song of the Year. She won, she won a Grammy for Song of the Year. You know, in for that song. For that song. And that's the song wow. that brought her into prominence, you know, as an international star. But if it wasn't for Clint Eastwood, that would have been, you know, because she made albums before, like Chapter 2 and other LPs, you know, with, with Donnie Hathaway, you know, to do what they did, you know, together in 72, 71. Um, other than that, you know, she was popular with the black crowds, you know. R&B crowds, but the the pop crowd, the white crowds didn't really know who she was until mm-hmm. that song came out. So yeah, we have to thank Mr. Eastwood for that one. And play Mr. For yeah. me, it's a great movie, by the way. It, is, it really is. It is. It's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even features uh, Cosby's mother um, in it. She was, you know, she made. It. I don't think I know it was her first debut, but I know she was in the movie. Really? Yeah. Wow. You have to see, yeah. Yeah, it's a good movie. Classic. But yeah, that's the history on that song. Okay. So what do you want us to play next? Amazing. Yeah. Well, the next one, after that, uh, like I said, going forward is um, her duet with Donnie Hathaway, who was also her... Um, fellow classmate at Howard University and Donnie Hathaway another genius of course, um, course. was producing uh, at the time Curtis Mayfield and the Impressions when Roberta Flatt recorded the first take album so them two were already in the, in the business already you know recording and producing and writing and playing you know um, they recorded an album together Roberta Flack, Donnie Hathaway, and they had a hit, the James Taylor hit. Carol King penned this hit called You Got a Friend, which came out the summer of 71. But right after that, a year later, Roberta would receive another Grammy nomination for another classic called Where's the Love. And that oh, was... Oh, one of my favorites. Yeah, that's a beautiful song. <laughs> and uh, that was penned by uh, Ralph McDonald, the percussionist, and Walter uh, William Salter. Okay, we'll go into that right now. Where's your love?
Beautiful. Oh, just God. makes you beautiful. 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 Summer of nineteen seventy two. That was played everywhere. Every mm-hmm. <laughs> everywhere. I remember hearing that. Car radios, the crazy Panasonic radio. You name it. I've heard it everywhere. <laughs> I've heard it everywhere. I've heard it everywhere. And the lyrics are so good. I mean, they're just timeless, you know? Absolutely. Fall in love with someone else's love. I mean, it's right. like I've been there. <laughs> so yeah. I know. You know? <laughs> right. Yes, summer 1972. Uh, that song was originally for the Fifth Dimension uh, instead of them. And uh, when the Ralph McDonald and, and William Salter wrote that song, they had the Fifth Dimension in mind to you know compose that. That's why it has like a, if you ever listen to any of the Fifth Dimension's music, it has that feel in mm-hmm. it. It has the Fifth Dimension feel where Marilyn McCool uh, and Billy Davis Jr. You know, mm-hmm. were duet in that, like they did, you know, uh, the other hits, you know, like Wedding Bell Blues, and you know. So, yeah, originally I was written for the Fifth Dimension, but then it was passed on to them, and uh, the rest is history, <clears throat> you know. And that was another Grammy nomination. Wow. Another Grammy, and she was on her way, and, and uh, Donnie Hathaway was coming in prominence at the time, you know. Uh, he had the ghetto. Everything's Everything album, and then The Ghetto came out in the summer of 70, and then he had Donnie Hathaway live, and they both were, I think they were kind of like compared to Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell as the next duet, you know, because, uh, and they're a great duet too. I mean, you cannot surpass their talent, you know, the magic no. they have together, really. So, yeah. Hey, Q-Man, do you know that song? You know that song, Q-Man? Yes. Okay. Which we want one? to make sure. The one of we course. just played. Of course. Okay. We want to make sure. You know, he yeah. makes is always saying you don't, you know, know the song. <laughs> I know that you knew that song. Of course I did. My mama played that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's why, you know, that's why I thought about Roberta Flack. It was like, you know, everybody says I'm, a, I'm an 80s baby, I'm a whatever baby. I'm a 70s baby. Yeah, I'm so telling my age. You know, so I'm a 70s baby. My mom was playing it all the time. Mm-hmm. So was mine. 
I'm proud of my age. That's when all the music was good in the 70s. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's so, another another classic by her. Random trivia, Boomy. Huh? I got some random trivia for you. Uh-oh. And and not that you can't trip this guy, but I'll, make, I'll take a stab at it anyway. Uh-oh. What was her middle name? Her middle name? Cleopatra? Yeah. Like Cleopatra Jones. <laughs> Why would I even I try? Why would I even try to trip this guy up? Why? Oh my that? God, Cleopatra! I never knew that. Yep. You didn't even heard of Cleopatra. Flack. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. <laughs> no hesitation at all. Just yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Hey. Wow. <laughs> Just think yeah, of Jones was... and then you'll be all right. Cleopatra Jones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but the, you know, that was, you know, there are a lot of, well, I, can't, I don't even know what, what movies there are now, so I can't even say, but, you know, her mama named her for Cleopatra Jones, so, mm. whatever. <laughs> but well, she couldn't have because that was in the 60s or 50s well, that she was Well, Cleopatra born, Jones? Right? 73 No Roberta Flack Oh Roberta Flack Oh yeah So her, her, her mom actually know. named her after Cleopatra Like Cleopatra Yeah Yeah I guess it was, it was okay. another reason <laughs> But yeah <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was another reason so. I'm not going to touch that one You know okay. <laughs> <laughs> But uh Yeah Well after that hit, you know, Roberta w- was very busy, and she was flying back and forth all over the country, all over the world performing. And the next hit, another masterpiece that has an interesting story as well, mm-hmm. and that came out early 73, was Killing Me Softly with his song. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's a history to that, too. <sighs> and that's another... Masterpiece that she recorded, that, you know. But I'll get into that. What's, if you it, mm-hmm. what's the history behind that song? I mean, was she the first one? To, was that her song, or was she like recording? No. Someone no. else's song. No, that was a, that, that she covered that song. It originally oh. was. It originally was. Well, okay. Well, I, I might as well tell it. It originally was recorded by this latest girl. She was a singer named Lori Lieberman. Mm-hmm. And um, the song is based on her going to a concert in the Trabador in L.A. There was a popular singer in the early 70s named Don McLean. He's the one that made Bye Bye Miss American Pie in 71. <laughs> and uh, he had the song out in 72 called Empty Chair, which is a great song. It's really kind of a sad song. You know, it's about a breakup. And Laurie Lieberman, Lieberman was so into his, you know, that's where the title Killing Me Softly, you know, originally it was the title Killing Me Softly with his blues. Mm-hmm. But the songwriters, well, I'll get to that in a second, but she was so entranced by, you know, Don McLean's performance and performing that song, mm-hmm. she wrote a poem about her experience. And mm-hmm. these two songwriters, Norman Gimbel and... um 
Oh, God, what's the other guy's name? I think uh, Charles Fox, that's his name. If you remember the TV show Love American Style, they were the guys that wrote that TV thing for the Love American Style. But anyway, um, they she told them her feelings of, you know, that night. And they just wrote it down, you know, um, composed it, music-wise, mood, everything. And they changed it from Killing Me Softly with his blues to Killing Me Softly with his song because he sang the song. And she felt that nobody else in that club was being seen to but her. So that's why in the lyrics, you know, they emphasized the lyrics. Strum, you know, his fingers, you know, he, he played guitar. So singing my life with his, his words because that's what she went through. She went through a breakup. She just broke up with somebody. That's why she was able to, you know, relate to that song. So, yeah, that's what Killing Me Softly is about. It's wow. about okay, the singer Don McClure. Let's Another masterpiece. Love it. <laughs> Did I tell you? Killing Me Softly, another Grammy nominated one. So this was. And there's so many other. There's so many other artists. One, one artist I think in particular is Efe that we've had on here before, 
has a song that really, you know, kind of, I'm not saying she um, caused that song, but it's just so many artists have actually kind of got, tried to get that atmosphere of, you know, the killing me softly atmosphere of going to some place and seeing someone and loving their song and, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. killing it. And that song is just killing them. So I love that <laughs> and, song. Well, it, especially if a singer, you know, can transport, make you transport into another dimension. You know, when you right. sit there and listen to them where you're just entranced, you just see nothing, you just feel what that mm-hmm. artist can bring out of you. And that's, I think that's very important in music. You know, what, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's sad or happy or whatever, you know. Um, it transports you someplace tra- else. It transports you to someplace else, and that's what happens to me when I listen to music. You know, I'm like in another world. I don't hear anybody. I don't, you know, sometimes I don't want to hear anybody. <laughs> but, you know, it's just that that's just what, it's the power of music and what that artist, it's very important that an artist can bring that out of you. You know, and that's what happened to Lori Lieberman. You know, that's what Don McLean did to her that night at the Trebador. You know, when he sang Empty Chairs, she experienced that. And like you said earlier, you experienced that, you know. And so that's important. You know, that's very important, you know, the relationship that we have in music. But she heard that song on a TWA flight from Los Angeles to Chicago. That's how she heard Lori Lieberman's version. And she said, you know, this is a great song. I would love to do this. And the next thing you know, the rest is history. She did it. She was nominated. That was another song that was that was record of the year. She won, and she won album of the year too. So this is a fourth Grammy. She won, you know, within those two years. Wow. You remember that song, uh, Q Man? What say? You say you know that song, Q Man? Of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> mm. I know my Roberta flat now. You know, you're you Roberta flat. And yeah. I, I love her music. I mean, it's just, you know, it took, you know, Mike Boone to say, to send me that music to like, oh my God, I know this, I know this, I know this. And I mm-hmm. love that music. I love her music. I really do. Yeah. So do I. But she um, kept having hits, you know. And uh, the next one, uh, another classic masterpiece, it was Feel Like Making Love. And that was through an experience of a songwriter's assistant. The songwriter was Gene McDaniels. And Gene McDaniels was a singer also in the early 60s. He had a song called 100 Pounds of Clay. And that was a big hit in the early 60s, you know, 61, 62. And he was a songwriter as well, you know. So he was away. He had a um, house out in the cabins in the woods. So him and his assistant and his family went out there just, to, you know, to get away. She stayed there, I think, within one day, and she got in the car and started packing her clothes. So Jean said, well, man, was lady, where are you going? She said, got to go. Feel like making love. I guess she's still with her boyfriend. And she left. 
<laughs> and she took off in her car, and Gene said, you know what? Great title. <laughs> and, the, and the next thing you know, he wrote that song maybe a half hour. He calls Roberta Flack wow. on the phone and says, hey, I got a number one smash for you. She said, I'll be right over. She came to the cabinet, learned it, and she recorded it. Wow. That's deep. Yep. Yep. The the girl said, look, I love you people, but I got to go. Okay? Let's listen to the first part of that before we have to go, okay? (laughs) You got it. All right. Watching when I turn to spring Walking in the Seeing lovers do their thing Ooh, that's the time I feel like making love To you That's the time Good song. Oh and I'm like, guess who joined us? Do, do you know who is finding? Yes, absolutely. He is here. I and he bring is him on. You guys just sound a lot more excited. Oh wow! <laughs> Who's here <laughs> on this show? Mike, what's going on? Mike? How you doing, man? Welcome, my brother. <laughs> you know, I, I was. It was. Um, I really did not want to miss a Wednesday rewind, but my car was just not agreeing with me tonight. Mm. So I I'm understand. Actually, I'm actually. I'm actually talking to y'all live from the workplace, my day job. Oh wow! Wow. Sister and Sweet tried to talk bad about you. I wouldn't let her. The Q man felt no, like. No, oh, no, 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 Sister Sweet don't tried to talk there. about you. I wouldn't let her. I'm gonna listen don't to the recording. Go there. I'm, a, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to the recorded show and I'll address that next week. From what I anyway. from what I heard, every, everything everything sounds like it it went smooth. I was actually I'm sitting with my coworkers who we were listening and I told them I was actually a little jealous. This thing sounds so good without me there. Well, with Booney, you don't have to do too much work. It's like, Booney is like having Michael Jordan on your team, you know. You, I just have oh to hit goodness. open jumpers. And you, you and I had this talk yeah, all the time. We had this talk before. If, Mike, if, if, if Booney is Michael Jordan, I'll be the John Paxson or the Steve Kerr. There you go. You just got to hit open jumpers. He's going to do all the heavy work. got to hit that open jump shot, that's all. <laughs> well, I'm Michael Jordan. 
How are you doing? I'm I'm good, but we got time for one more song. I wanna I wanna hear one more song. Well, okay. Mike. I just I just wanted to check in to make sure that Q wasn't saying anything inappropriate and Mike was still able to control the show like you normally know, <laughs> No, Mike, no, no, she said something inappropriate, but we'll talk about that later. No, he just lied on you. Yeah, you just lied on you just lied on Q. You just lied on Q, but we ain't even talk about that. Did now. you want to play another but, uh, song? All right, well, Q, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna go let you guys finish. I can finish what I'm doing here with the car, Mike. As always, thank you for, from what I heard, you know, do what uh, you always do. Well, it's good to hear your voice, man. Yeah, I appreciate that, Q. I'm going to talk with you after the show because I'm already being pestered about doing shout-outs for next week. So that's a sweet thank you for stepping <laughs> up on me. And shout-out to all of us, and I'll catch up with y'all next week. Okay, my uh, brother. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. You could just one wear more, one. One more song. Well, huh? this next one is kind of a sad one because this is an exit for Donnie Hathaway, basically. And uh, oh. this is the close I get to you. And sadly, Roberta had to get Donnie out of the hospital to do this particular oh. song. And um, he was sick. He was really sick. And this was in 1978. And uh, she was doing an album called Blue Lights in the Basement. Mm-hmm. And another masterpiece song. Um, and the last, well, actually, not the last duet, but this is next to the last. But, yeah, um, this was another time that, you know, he was going through his schizophrenia. So they recorded this beautiful mm-hmm. song together, and it's and everlasting. Yeah, 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 unfortunately, yeah, he did. Okay. Close I get to you right now.